Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Natasha Smith coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado. We'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. Each week, Ministry Watch brings you news about Christian ministries, as well as the latest in charity and philanthropy. News that we examine from a Christian worldview perspective, and our goal is to help us become better stewards of the resources God has entrusted to us. On today's program, financial guru Dave Ramsey gets sued by a former employee. A pastor who sexually abused a teenager gets 45 years in prison, and we'll tell you about churches and ministries who have stepped up to help in the aftermath of last weekend's tornadoes in Kentucky and neighboring states. We begin today with the latest in an ongoing story of the Boy Scouts of America. Yeah, attorneys for the Boy Scouts of America in their bankruptcy case have reached a tentative settlement under which one of the organization's largest insurers will contribute about $800 million into a fund for victims of child sexual abuse. The agreement was announced on Monday, and it calls for Century Indemnity Company and affiliated companies to contribute about $800 million into the fund that was already established and that will release them from further liability for abuse claims. The payment would bring the total amount of money in this proposed trust fund to more than $2.6 billion, which would make it the largest sexual abuse settlement in U.S. history. The settlement comes as more than 82,000 sexual abuse claimants face a December 28th deadline to vote on a previously announced Boy Scouts reorganization plan. That's right. And the plan calls for the Boy Scouts and roughly 250 local councils to contribute another $820 million in cash and property into the fund for victims. They also would assign certain insurance rights to the fund as well. In return, these local councils and the national organization would be released from further liability for sexual abuse claims. But what about churches who sponsored scout units? Are they protected? Well, the former BSA's largest troop sponsor was the Church of Latter-day Saints, commonly known as the Mormon Church. The Mormons have agreed to put about $250 million into this fund, and in exchange, uh, they would be released from any further liability involving uh, child sex abuse claims According to a statement released this week, though, the scouts said that they were still working diligently uh, to come up with some sort of a structured plan with the Roman Catholic Church and the United Methodist Church. Those are both organizations that have sponsored scouting units to contribute to this proposed settlement fund to compensate survivors. It's hard to know exactly what that means, though. A simple reading of their statement suggests that There might be more money coming from these chartering organizations, though, including churches, and that could include the Southern Baptist and others who have also sponsored scout troops in the past. Our next story involves Christian finance expert Dave Ramsey. Yeah, a former employee of Christian finance guru Dave Ramsey is suing uh, Ramsey for religious discrimination, claiming that he was fired for heeding the advice of science. Those are words from the lawsuit instead of relying on 
prayer during the COVID-19 pandemic. Lawyers for Brad Amos, this former employee, filed a complaint on Monday of this week in U.S. District Court for the Middle District of Tennessee. Ramsey's organization is headquartered near Nashville. It alleges that there was a cult-like environment at the Lampo Group, which is the formal name of Dave Ramsey's organization. The complaint claims that Lampo violated Title VII of the Civil Rights Act by requiring employees to abide by Ramsey's religious beliefs about COVID-19. Ramsey has been an outspoken critic of COVID-19 related health restrictions, ridiculing those who wear masks and requiring employees to come to work in the office through the pandemic. Yeah, those who disagree with Ramsey's views on how to respond to COVID-19 were seen as disloyal, according to language in the lawsuit. Now, Ramsey Solutions is currently involved in at least three other federal lawsuits. In one case, Ramsey fired an employee who is not married after she told her boss that she was pregnant. The employee, Caitlin O'Connor, claims that the company discriminated against her for being pregnant, but the company countered by saying that the former employee was fired for having extramarital sex, which violates company policy. However, other senior officials at Ramsey Solutions were not fired for similar violations. Another former employee sued Ramsey Solutions in September of 2021, claiming she was told to resign because she was gay. Yeah, now that lawsuit uh, was filed by lawyers for Julie and Stamps and alleges that Ramsey views homosexuality as sinful. Now, I know a lot of Christians would agree with Ramsey, including me for that matter. But it's interesting that Ramsey actually denied that claim in court because for a for-profit organization to discriminate based on uh, homosexual behavior or gay lesbian orientation is, in fact, against the law. Ramsey is also involved in a lawsuit with Marriott over a conference that was relocated after a Marriott resort required guests to wear masks. Ramsey refused to comply with that requirement and moved the conference, a decision that allegedly cost millions of dollars. While we're on the subject of lawsuits, we have a development in another high-profile lawsuit. Yeah, it's a legal battle between former Southern Baptist ethicist Russell Moore and one of his chief critics. Now, that lawsuit, though, is over. Lawyers for Georgia Baptist Pastor Mike Stone filed paperwork on Thursday a week ago to voluntarily withdraw a complaint that he had filed in federal court against Russell Moore. Russell Moore, you may remember, is the former president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. The complaint was dismissed without prejudice on Friday by U.S. District Court Judge William Campbell. Stone had accused Moore of defamation, false light invasion of privacy, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Yeah, Stone claimed that two letters that were written by Russell Moore and leaked anonymously to the media painted him in a negative light and damaged his bid to become the president of the SBC. Stone's bid, I should clarify. In those letters, Moore claimed that the SBC's executive committee, of which Stone is a former chairman, had covered up sexual abuse and that he was pressured to silence an abuse survivor who spoke at an ERLC conference on sexual abuse. Stone denied both of those claims. 
Warren, we need to take a break, but when we return, the story of an executive at the Masters University, the college led by Pastor John MacArthur, has been arrested on embezzlement charges in connection with a previous job. I'm Natasha Smith, along with my co-host Warren Smith. We'll be back after this short break. everyone, I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Smith, along with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Up next, the director of the Career Service Department at the Masters University has been arrested on felony charges of embezzlement and perjury in connection with an exchange student program at a local high school where he was formerly the principal. Yeah, William Bold, Bill Bold is the man's name. He's 65 years old. He was taken into custody on December the 11th by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department's Fraud Cyber Division after turning himself in and was being held on a $45,000 bail. The exchange program between Galjin, China, and Santa Clarita, California's Saugus High School, uh, which was where Bold was the principal for 14 years and a teacher for 16 years, had been the subject of an ongoing criminal investigation, the sheriff's office said. Over his 30 years at Saugus High, Bold taught driver's education and health and served as athletic director, as well as the assistant principal and then principal. Yeah, but what drew my attention to this story was his move a couple of years ago over to the Masters University, also in Santa Clarita, and where author, speaker, and pastor John MacArthur serves as chancellor after his retirement, Bold's retirement from the school district back in 2017. Bold's attorney, I should be clear, said that the charges stem from a frivolous lawsuit others had filed to cover up their own wrongdoing, and that law enforcement officials had never interviewed Bold regarding the case, despite his willingness to cooperate. Our next story moves us from the West Coast to the East Coast. Yeah, from uh, California to Florida, a Florida man has been sentenced to more than seven years in prison for defrauding pastors, churches, and other victims in West Virginia of more than $5 million by portraying himself as an investment advisor, but then spending the investment money that the victims had given to him. Philip Conley, 38 years old, is the man's name. He's from Jacksonville, Florida. He was indicted by a federal grand jury in August of 2020 on six counts of mail fraud and one count of securities fraud. He pleaded guilty earlier this year to one count of securities fraud. 
In addition to the 87-month prison sentence, Conley was ordered to forfeit any property purchased with the proceeds of the crime and to pay a $4.8 million judgment. Yeah, but it's not clear if he's going to be able to pay back those funds. Remember, uh, he defrauded folks of $5 million, but uh, he doesn't have much of the money left. He didn't invest the money. He spent most of it on private jet flights, expensive meals, clothes, jewelry, housing, and other living expenses. Some of the victims, though, were members of his own family. Our next story involves a former pastor in Vernon, Texas. Yeah, Brian Keith Pounds was arrested in July and accused of raping a 15-year-old girl when he was minister at First Assembly of God Church and also a chaplain at Tyson Foods. We had previously reported on that here at Ministry Watch. An affidavit filed in the case said he groomed the girl by getting her a job cleaning houses for elderly people, then began having sex with her at the church and in a motel room, sometimes giving her methamphetamines. Yeah, and to add insult to injury in this case, he was also counseling the girl's family through his role in the church. Pound, though, was given a heavy sentence, 45 years in prison, and under Texas law, he'll be required to serve at least half of that sentence before being eligible for parole. Staley Heatley is the name of the district attorney who prosecuted that case, said that Brian Pounds abused his position of trust as a pastor in the most horrific way. Our community and our children are much safer with him in the custody of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Warren, we're going to take another quick break. When we return our weekly lightning round of ministry news, I'm Natasha Smith with my co-host Warren Smith. More in a moment. everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Smith with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Now, Warren, we like to use this last little segment as a sort of lightning round of shorter news briefs. What do you have first? Well, the Point Church, a prominent multi-site church near Raleigh, North Carolina, has suddenly laid off or reduced the hours, or in some cases saw the resignations of at least seven members of its staff this week. A source tells Ministry Watch that the church has a total of about 40 staff members, so that's a pretty significant percentage of the total. The move comes after a year of disappointing financial numbers for the once high-flying church. According to a financial statement of 
obtained by Ministry Watch, the church posted a loss of more than $450,000 before adjustments. After those adjustments were made, which included the capitalization of some facilities' expenses and the forgiveness of a payroll protection program loan, the net operating loss was closer to $130,000, a little bit better, but that was still substantially worse than the church had budgeted for the year. The Point Church has more than a dozen locations, including several Spanish-language congregations. Yeah, its worship services are also broadcast on Raleigh's NBC affiliate, WRAL, and that has given the church a high profile in the region. It was founded in 2010 and saw fast growth in its early years. In fact, in 2017 and 2018, the church was listed in Outreach Magazine's annual list of the 100 fastest growing churches in the country. The church once had more than 1,500 in attendance at all of its locations, but today attendance is closer to 1,200. In our next story, a bit of good news that comes out of tragedy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there can be no doubt that what happened in Kentucky and surrounding states as a result of the tornadoes that we saw there last week are, you know, a tragedy by any definition. But faith-based relief teams are already working in many of the area's hardest hit. Uh, At least 74 people have been confirmed dead in eight counties in Kentucky alone. Another 13 died in Arkansas, Mississippi, Tennessee, Missouri, and Illinois. Dozens more are still unaccounted for. The tornadoes hit mostly southern states where Southern Baptist disaster relief teams are well trained to respond. Yeah, that's right. Sam Porter, the national director for Southern Baptist Disaster Relief, said that teams have begun working in seven different locations uh, from a headquarters in Truman, Arkansas. Some of the teams will be setting up mobile kitchens to provide hot meals to people whose homes have been completely destroyed or others who might still have their home, but they don't have power and likely won't be getting it back for a while. But all of the teams will be expected to work on clearing trees and debris from around the homes. These volunteers are experts with heavy equipment and chainsaws, that sort of thing. So this work could go on for many weeks into the future. Samaritan's Purse, the humanitarian relief organization based in Boone, North Carolina, is setting up three bases in Arkansas and Kentucky with teams that will clear debris, lay tarps on salvageable homes and search through debris. Yeah, and in addition, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association has sent chaplains along with disaster response teams to provide emotional and spiritual support to families who lost homes and family members. Many of the disaster relief teams are using churches and their parking lots as staging areas. Warren, I know that a lot of our listeners will want to contribute to these relief efforts. Do you have any advice for them? Well, I do. In fact, we have had a number of requests from our readers, and that prompted us to um, put up a list of organizations that are doing relief work and which have an A transparency grade and at least a three-star rating for financial efficiency. Ministry Watch has a five-star system, so that means they get a three, four, or five-star rating in our um, algorithm. It's a list of about 30 ministries, and you can find it by going to the front page of our website. I'll also include a link to that list in the show notes of the program. And finally, Warren, what ministries did Christina Darnell highlight in the Ministries Making a Difference column? 
Well, she focused this week on some of the same organizations that we were just talking about, organizations that have deployed to the disaster areas. We mentioned Samaritan's Purse, but also Convoy of Hope, Christian Aid Ministries, and Mercy Chefs uh, have been distributing hot chef-prepared meals to victims in the region. Do you have any final thoughts before we go? Well, I just wanted to share with folks uh, this week that this will be our last regular podcast of the year. Uh, we're going to take off next Friday, Natasha. I'm sure you're glad to hear that because of Christmas Eve and the following Friday because of New Year's Eve. Kind of a strange quirk in the calendar this year that puts both of our normal broadcast days uh, on a holiday. Uh, we'll be dropping maybe a couple of shorter extra episodes over the next few weeks, but we won't begin these weekly news roundups until the new year. Now, that said, I hope you'll therefore uh, allow me uh, to make a special appeal to those of you who like this podcast uh, to give us a year-end gift. Ministry Watch is unique even among Christian media outlets in that we don't take advertising. We don't take money from the ministries that we cover. We don't have a paywall on our site. All of our information is free. We're completely independent. We serve readers, listeners, and donors who want to be more informed and effective stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to them. So if we have served you in any way this year, we hope that you'll consider a small gift to help us keep going in the new year. As always, we want you to give to your local church first, to carefully researched Christian ministry second, and then if Again, if we've helped you in your own journey of generosity, please consider a gift to us as well. To donate, just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button up at the top of the page. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Steve Gandy. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Guttard, Stephen DeBerry, and Casey Suddeth. Writers who contributed to today's program include Ann Stike, Yonat Shimron, Shannon Cuthrill, Bob Smetana, Randall Chase and Christina Darnell. I'm Natasha Smith in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And you've been listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Until next year, may God bless you.